Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And a happy new year to all. Hey, welcome to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of September 25th and 26th. We all know in a parallel universe of Rack and Fin Radio when a season opens, indeed calls for a new year celebration. And two of our favorite seasons just opened. Gray squirrel and cottontail rabbit and hares, or if you can find a hare. Man, some of those swamp bunnies down here in the Cape May. I know they're rabbits. They may be in a hare from those suckers are big. Shout out to Captain Al Crudelli on Bayhound and his Sandy Girl, the ultimate rabbit hunter, I would say, in the Southern Tier counties. She is a beast when it comes to rousing out those cottontails and those swampers. Now, the squirrels we just love. Great scatter gunning in the treetops. Give it another week or so. Let the foliage just start to drop. And we have a good acorn crop, so there's plenty of bushy tails around. Archery season is still going on in select DMZs around the state. September goose season is still going on. Railbird season is still going on. Crow season is still going on. We have a really jam show. Speaking of jams, this is a shameless plug. I'm telling people, you know I'm a foodie. You know I'm a foodie. If you haven't been to Tony's Roadside Stand there, 610, I know him. Come pick him out of a lineup. Kathy's Jams and Jellies, or Kathy's Jellies, I don't know, she's making it local, some near there, Middle Township, Upper Township, in Cape May, after you eat this stuff, she has a, the beach plum, the, the strawberry, man, you're going to give your smuckers to the skunks, shameless plug, but uh, we all know, I love my jams, I love my rye toast, I love my jams and jellies on top, this stuff is great, it was out there, uh, down that way earlier in the week, just, just good stuff, and uh, one shout out before we get to our first guest, who, by the way, is New Jersey Republican gubernatorial candidate Jack Cittarelli. Jack for New Jersey, hopefully the next governor. A shout-out to engineer extraordinaire Tom Tremblay. Here's the situation. I get in the studio. There was a power outage or something. I have no boards coming out. Well, the computer's coming out. Help! This guy pops out of nowhere. I never saw him before. Like, holy smokes, who are you? He says, I hear you. What's up? Bing, 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 bing. Up and running. Rack and Finn is rolling. So hold on again. Shout out to Tom Tremblay. Save the day. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Finn Radio coming up. Thanks, Governor of New Jersey. Jack for New Jersey. Jack Cirelli. Be right back. Rack and Finn Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Well, November 2nd's coming up fast. Gubernatorial election. Actually, I think it happens once every six years. All houses, Senate and Assembly and the governors here are up for election, up for re-election or defeat. As it goes right now, we must defeat who is sitting in a state house chair right now. And also, let's get some cleaning up going on on the Assembly and Senate side. Joining us now, very special guest on the Rack and Fin line, New Jersey Republican gubernatorial candidate Jack Cittarelli on the road. As always, he is omnipresent, people from Sussex to Cape May. This man is everywhere. We're going to talk uh, Murphy's final no, even though they say, you know, you still make the calls, make the calls, it's going to happen. His final no on the emergency measure adopted by the Fish and Game Council to have a bear hunt at least in October to stem this rising population. Bleep's going to hit the fan soon with these bears. People, there's so many. And let's get to Jack right now. Jack, you're on the road. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, brother? Hey, Tom. I'm doing great, man. It's great to be with you once again. Jack, 
Uh, you're you're omnipresent, man. Uh, listen, oh, by the way, by the way, I had a bunch of calls. You got a crowd going up there, man. You're going to be in Oakland, I understand. Uh, so what, tomorrow, Sunday. Oh, you got some hunters coming up to see you, brother. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Tom. But I tell you, it's it's a great experience getting up and down the state. There's great energy with the campaign. We're going to finish strong here over the last five weeks. And we're to grind out a victory. Jack, let's get right now to the management of New Jersey's Wildlife and Fisheries Resource Division of Fish and Wildlife trained bi- biologists. I mean, these these are the pure scientists. Murphy's no uh, Murphy's follow the science, follow the science when it comes to the pandemic, et cetera, whatever. Turns a blind eye to the science of wildlife management from his own divisions by DEP's Division of Bureau of Wildlife Management own biologists. How? How does this square, Jack? Isn't this just flying the face of his, in your opinion, follow the science? Hey, listen, Tom, it's the height of hypocrisy. We've seen it time and again from Phil Murphy. He'll talk about following the science, following the science, until it doesn't work for him or when it's about people who are different from him. Um, He doesn't celebrate the four corners of New Jersey. He couldn't find the northwest part of New Jersey without a GPS. Uh, We know know the state of New Jersey is the most densely populated state in the nation. Mm -hmm. What people don't know, what people don't know that you know and your listeners know, is that New Jersey also has the highest, the, the most dense bear population in North America. Absolutely. And that's a recipe for danger. Okay, we've seen more and more encounters with humans, which puts humans in danger. We've seen a great deal of livestock uh, ruined because Mm -hmm. of bears, uh, crops that are ruined. Uh, This is the right move. It's actually humane to thin the herd. Yep. Do the right thing and follow the science, Governor. Well, Jack, to me, the the pure politics of it all is what's so disgusting. And and what is what is the scene in Trenton? That, that's the way it is, and, and I've talked to some Democrats. Hey, uh, it's, I don't want to get involved with it. There's no bears in my neighborhood, pretty much. And I'm thinking they're, they're on the move. They're going to be everywhere pretty soon. They've already been incited in 21 counties, but the move down here to the South Jersey, uh, Southern Tier counties is already underway. Bears have been sighted, Jack. So, again, following the recommendations of the Division of Fish and Wildlife is tantamount to successfully managing the wildlife and fisheries resources of the state. Now, Jack, as governor, is it going to be a hands-off policy and let the biologists do their job? Listen, I'll follow the science, uh, Tom, and the science here is very, very clear. The humane thing to do is to have a bear hunt that helps thin the herd. You know what's very hypocritical about this, Tom? Do you know that Murphy has not stopped the state of New Jersey um, releasing, stocking uh, deer and, and game beards for hunting, that's okay. But it's not okay when it comes to the bear hunt. I mean, again, that just reveals the hypocrisy of Phil Murphy. Well, Jack, you also, know, just, government- just to give you a word on some, I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but uh, Murphy's uh, wife is involved in the Animal Protection League, one of those organizations here sits on a board or, or whatever, honorary member. But now, thanks to the efforts of retired, was it State Senator Lesniak, an avowed anti-hunter, Jack, deer hunting is... And pun intended here, people, deer hunting is in their sights. I mean, this is getting scary. It's getting very scary. But, you know, Tom, there's something else at work here. When you're governor, you have a responsibility to represent all 9 million citizens, all 9 million citizens, even those that are different from you in Mm -hmm. terms of what their traditions are, their cultures are. Um, Phil Murphy has no respect for the various traditions and cultures of the four corners of New Jersey. Okay, so just because he's not a hunter, Right. Just mm. because that's not part of his traditions or his culture or his family history, he looks down on you. And this is the Absolutely. problem with Phil yep. Murphy. OK, you got a job to represent all nine million citizens, all four corners of the state of New Jersey. And he doesn't do that.
Well, Jack, to me, he's depending on the votes of the five counties. And that's it. On the line with us right now is Jack Cittarelli, New Jersey, Republican gubernatorial candidate. November 2nd, get the right-in votes now if you want to do them early. I did November 2nd. Don't forget, besides the governor's chair, the Assembly and the Senate are up for re-election or defeat, as I like to say. But Jack, we have to thin, talking about thinning the numbers, thin the numbers of the Democrats who are 99%, in my opinion, Cittarelli, anti-hunting, anti-outdoors. They want nothing to do with it in the Assembly and the Senate. What are the chances that you're seeing out on the road? You're talking to everyone, Jack. You're everywhere. What's what's the tenor out there? Well, that therein lies the difference between Phil Murphy and me, Tom. I go to all 21 counties. I listen to people from all around the state. When was the last time that Phil Murphy was up to Sussex or Warren County, uh, where, where a great many of our hunters are uh, that take part in the bear hunt? So, But listen, the energy is great up and down the state. I couldn't be happier with the performance of the campaign. We are exactly where we need to be with five-plus weeks left, and we'll continue to go out there every day and do what needs to be done to grind out this victory. Jack, I'm, I'm seeing in the polls you're, you're really getting the noose tightening there, bud. Well, there have been three polls in the last month. Uh, two of them have it at 3%, and one has it at 9% amongst likely voters. So, again, we are exactly where we need to be at this point in time The can campaign continues to generate great energy and great momentum we'll be right where we need to be come election day okay jack jack nothing near and dear to the rack and fin radio listenership is the right to bear arms in new jersey protecting the rights of firearms owners now because in new jersey under democrats under corzine under murphy under under um mcgreevy constantly under assault as governor protecting the rights important you bet they are the second amendment's not going anywhere nor should it uh, Tom, and if it was up to Phil Murphy, he would repeal the Second Amendment. So people have a right to bear arms. They have a right to defend themselves. And as governor, I will continue to strike the right balance of protecting gun rights uh, for gun owners. And Jack, backing law enforcement. I mean, from all the this matters, that matters, this this matters movement, everything, it seems to be anti-blue. I, I, and I find it scary um, in New Jersey what, what I see Murphy and the Democrats doing. Again, as governor. Law enforcement, critical, correct? Absolutely. This has been the most anti-police governor and attorney general we've ever had. I've given the people of New Jersey my word that I and my attorney general will back the men and women in blue whose job has never been harder. Every one of these directives that have come out have handcuffed, disarmed, and demoralized our police. Applications for the job are down across the state. Nobody wants the job. We're going to be in great danger when the people that want to protect us no longer want to protect us anymore. So I guarantee the people of New Jersey, we will observe the rule of law because I and my attorney general will back the men and women in blue every day of the week. Jack, um, also, I, I didn't get to this in here before I called you before we went on the air, but that pick of Ms. Diane Allen was a masterstroke, bud. Congratulations on that. Oh, man, she's great. Um, I could not be more pleased. Uh, Diane is a champion. Um, and uh, great legislation, landmark, landmark legislation has been named after her, and the announcement of her lieutenant governorship has been well-received up and down the state. Now, Jack, you were in the Assembly 2011 to 2018, I believe, 16 district listeners. That's up there in central Jersey, oh, excuse me, Somerset County area. In the years since, just 2008 to now, the, the, the toxicity in Trenton has become even, even I can't even I can't figure a word to describe it. It's rampant. Well, how, how, when did you not, see this yeah, change it, coming, Jay? You, you saw it. Was it that rapid? Did you see this building and, and uh, during your during your tenure? 
leadership matters, Tom. This is all because of Phil Murphy. He's a hyper-partisan. He's the pander-in-chief. And his ruling on the bear hunt is a perfect example. If you're not like him, he doesn't want to represent you. If you don't agree with him, he demeans you and calls you names. And so that's going to lead to what it is we have today. We need a different type of leadership in Trenton. We need a change, and that's what my campaign is all about. Well, Jack, in your opinion, all the Democrats sit on their hands when Murphy signs off on this, you know, license for illegal drivers. They sit on their hands and, and see no evil, hear no evil, you know what I mean, speak no evil. That's, that has to change, Jack, and this election is the time to do it. It has been very disappointing, Tom, all throughout this period where he had over 250 executive orders. He's done more executive orders in less than four years than Chris Christie did in eight years. And so I'm, I'm very, very disappointed that he hijacked our democracy. I'm a little disappointed that the, uh, the Democratic leaders in the legislature have kind of stood down and let him have his way. I've gone as far as to say that we've learned anything from this pandemic. Maybe our governor is too powerful and we need to curtail those executive powers. And I will. There'll be no executive orders after any six-month state of emergency. Jack, one of the things I have to ask you, listen, it's not a lot, it's Jack Cittarelli, he's a New Jersey Republican gubernatorial candidate. Election November 2nd, and your vote matters. I don't want to hear this, Tom P., my one vote doesn't matter. It looks like he's going to lose. I don't want to hear that, because that's how things change. Hey, Jack, remember, uh, Chrissy was down to Corazon by, what, almost double digits? And, and he won, correct? He did win. And um, my goodness, Christy Todd Whitman was down supposedly by six weeks with one week to go. And listen, last year, supposedly Jeff Van Drew was down by, by seven points with one week to go, ended up winning by six points. So the only poll that matters is the one on November 2nd. We are right where we need to be to win this election, and that's exactly what we intend to do. Jack, as governor, will you continue, again, periodically, I know I'm being realistic here, but I'm just so impressed by the, your track record insofar as we are all over to say from tuckerton to cape may to salem to sussex to warren to say bergen you're everywhere periodically getting out among the people again absolutely absolutely i mean i'm out there every day of the week up and down the state number one because that's what i'm supposed to do but i also enjoy doing it and when you get out there you hear about people's concerns and you're sending the right message that you're going to represent all 9 million citizens, all 21 counties, all four regions, North, Central, South, and the Jersey Shore. That's what Phil Murphy doesn't do. Exactly right. Well, Jack, how do listeners get involved, find out more about you? I mean, a lot of people do wait, Jack. You know this, all your experience on the political spectrum to that last week or two, maybe, before the election. Find out more about Jack Cittarelli and your platform. Jack4NJ.com is the url for the website but it's also the handle on all of our social media platforms tom so jack four and that's the number four jack four nj.com okay now jack r I, I told you this off the air our lawn sign is ordered hopefully it gets here by by the week <laughs> or next oh hold on a second jack yeah what do you want what, hold, hold it jack oh jack question when is he coming fishing down here hey that's, that's, come on, Jack. We need you down here, but let's show you some stripers, hey, man. Here we go, baby. That's, uh, I love the fish, and we'll do that on November 3rd, the day after the election. You got it. Jack for governors. This is Jack Cittarelli, New Jersey Republican gubernatorial candidate, November 2nd. Get out and vote, Jack. One more time, please. The importance of every vote counts. Say it one more time, man. Hey, guys, every vote counts. Let's not wake up on November 3rd and have regrets in a close election uh, for people that didn't vote. Get out there and vote. It does make a difference.
Jack for Governor, Rack and Finn Radio endorsed. Jack, you take care. Be safe in your travels. Hope to see you November 3rd, bud. Looking forward to it, Tom. Thank you for everything. Rock the house. Take care. Jack Chitterella, man. The guy rocks. He rock, and he's down to earth. Some guys, oh, he's this. Oh, he's, he's a politician. Aren't we all, in one way or another, a politician? This is the man. We need him in New Jersey now. You like to hunt. You like to fish. You like the outdoors, whatever. Murphy is anti all of that. All of that, especially firearms ownership. Oh, I'm a good Democrat, Tom P. I, I got to vote. I'm, I'm told to vote Democrat. By who? Oh, my family's always voted Democrat. You're a gun owner. You hunt. He's trying to get... Uh, but I, 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 I got to vote. I got to vote Democrat. Jesus, get your head out of your... Up against a break. Be right back. Ed Cassie coming up. New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Jack for governor. So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose. Heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Com. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back inside, Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Week of September 25th and 26th. Wow. Nine turn of the calendar page really shot by. Here okay, we have a lot of things going on again. The bear hunt. The no bear hunt, as we should say. Well, hopefully that will change as of November 2nd, the election of Jack Chitterelli for governor. All guns, pun intended, are charging up for Jack's, uh, Jack's election. He is the man. He is the one. He is the guy. Now, getting back to the most important thing here, the management of the resource. Bears are going to be everywhere. There's going to be no control on them. There's a birth control. This saving the garbage cans or whatever. That's not going to work. Uh, there's a there's a it's it's a shame that it's come to the point that it is all legislatively based now. The management of our wildlife resources totally politicized. Well, there, there was a a paper put out by Ed Markowski. He was a uh, past president. And he's an advisor in New Jersey Outdoor Alliance, also sits on the board of this great organization here. And he wrote a paper, a legislative success, about, again, what it takes, unfortunately, it's come to managing the wildlife resources in New Jersey. And this one in particular had to do with uh, getting permission to hunt the management of the white-tailed deer of certain areas. And he's on the rack and fin line with us right now, very special guest to get him very early. Got him on the run, man, because he is all over the place. And Markowski, how you doing? Glad to have you on rack and fin, bud. Glad to be here, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Jack, the, 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 or I shouldn't say Jack. I'm just, just wired up from the last interview. But, Ed, the, the uh, legislative success story paper that you put out, absolutely fascinating. Covered it step by step by step over the years since 2007 when the New Jersey Outdoor Alliance was formed and, and helped defeat Panther and Karcher at the legislature when they tried to change. One of the things was to change the makeup of the, of the Fish and Game Council. Okay, briefly, because we want to talk about the upcoming Sporting Clays event as well. Times at a premium. Go into, again, a synopsis of this legislative success story as it pertains in particular to deer and how it's going to pertain to, to black bear management. Well, Tom, one of the things that, that we don't do often enough is let the public know what we've accomplished and how we've accomplished it. So I took the liberty to put together, at the behest of one of my uh, staunchest supporters in the Assembly, John Bersicelli, uh, a paper on the success story of these two bills, um, the, and they were the Sunday bow hunting uh, 
mm-hmm. and a 450 reduction. Uh, and we had a lot of difficulty getting those bills passed back in 2009-2010. And when the legislators finally saw fit to pass them and they went into effect, they gave our wildlife management folks a tremendous tool for uh, the harvesting and maintenance of our deer populations. Uh, what they did and, and what I pointed out is that in 10-plus years, there hasn't been a single reported negative reaction between a hunter and a non-hunter. Not a single bow hunting accident resulting either from Sunday bow hunting or for the reduction. The fact that Sunday bow hunting has allowed between 14 and 16 percent of the deer that are harvested in bow season are now harvested on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It increased our bow hunting population from about 40,000 in 2009 to 45,000 plus in 2020, which is a 14% increase. Hunters mm-hmm. now are killing 64% of the deer in New Jersey in 2021, as opposed to 39% of the deer in 2008, 2009. Um, farmers are able to use the crossbow in order to protect their crops from deer damage, <clears throat> something they couldn't have done without the 450 reduction. Also, one of our um, really hardworking uh, members of our trustees put together a program working with Union County uh, for deer reduction. And that program has been a tremendous success. And without the 450 reduction to 150, that program could have never taken place. Uh, Ed, let me interrupt you a second. You're, again, Union County, I'm very familiar with the Watchung Reservation. I assume 3,000 plus acres up there. Correct. I mean, uh, you have Linden, some you know, the Linden area to Railway River Park, Summit, Westfield, Mountainside, you know, and Plainfield. There's, Listen, you can't believe this suburban area it was the deer. It was a critical mass. Yes, they were a critical mass. Something I'll throw in here that most people don't realize: between October first and December thirty-first in two thousand and twenty, there was a deer struck by a motor vehicle in New Jersey every twenty-five minutes. Wow, critical now, mass. There are twenty select municipalities that have entered into this program. There are sixty qualified. Um, and insured hunt agents taking part in it for this year. And last year they harvested 270 deer and they donated approximately 126 deer, totaling 3,328 pounds of venison to the Community Food Bank of New Jersey to feed the hungry. Mm -hmm. A tremendously successful program. And what I've done, I've had um, Union County and, and our trustee who worked with them, uh, give me a shot at the actual program that they put together so that this week uh, my paper is probably going to go out to the public on New Jersey's uh, NJOA's website and allow them to take a look at what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. and uh, accompany it for any legislator that might have a county problem. They can look at the program that's already in effect, so they don't have to start from square one of something that really works. Right. So it's a legislative success story that we got support from both sides of the aisle, both the D's and the R's through. And I like to point this out when our detractors say that what we're saying out there doesn't make sense or doesn't hold water. What we say is biologically sound. What we ask for are tools that allow for the management of wildlife. Mm-hmm. That's all we ask for. Okay, and I just...
Let's well, talk about tools now. Let's get to this. This you know the the elephant in the room. There is the cancellation of the black bear hunt. Now tools to manage wildlife. What? What do we have? An empty toolbox now. Correct. Pretty much. We have an empty. We don't have an empty toolbox, and that's the whole thing. We have a toolbox that's completely full. Okay. In other words, our Fish and Game Council and our bear biologists have done their job and have presented the commissioner and the governor with an updated comprehensive black bear management policy. Okay. It sits on the commissioner's desk right now. The commissioner has not gotten back to either the council or his own biologist to say that he has a question about any portion of the plan (laughs) that sits on his desk. So the council realizing the fact that this is a situation that could be injurious to the public have petitioned the commissioner for an eminent peril, which puts him, which asks the commissioner to, through an emergency action, open the bear hunting in October. So not only does he have the plan, but he also has Fishing Games Council's request at an emergency action by him to allow for a bear hunt. So now we got to see who blinks first, because we haven't heard anything back from the commissioner at this point. But I want everyone to know that if someone gets injured because of the increase in black bears, and we've got about 4,000 statewide now. Oh, yeah. That it is not the Fish and Games Council's problem or responsibility because they've stepped to the plate. They said we've any plan has to have the reduction through a hunt, a controlled hunt. And and that's the best we can do. Right. Uh, it's now up to the governor and it's up to his commissioner to come up with uh, a reason why. And they've never given us a reason why. There's, because there's no scientific-based reason that uh, we shouldn't have a bear hunt in New Jersey. Sure there is. And let, let, me, let me interrupt you. It's garbage can management. No, it's political management. Management, politics, one on one. I got you absolutely. This is being facetious there. Well, that I, I just from my corner, I'm one to never say die. But I mean, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, but I put in the call, signed the petitions. I, I don't see it happening. The thing about it is, as, as an old director, Bob McDowell once said. If they don't manage the bears correctly, eventually the bears will take care of themselves. And that's so true. Right. Because they'll get to a point of where there'll be so much pressure and the biological carrying capacity of bear range has so outstripped the cultural carrying capacity that people can't put up with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, again, there's a regulation right there. Well, you're thinking 4,000 now. I don't think this, this fall, this winter... Is going to be status quo. It's next spring, at spring of 2022, that I see all hell breaking loose. You got Sal's coming out with our triplets, quadruplets, twins, whatever. There's going to be bears all over the place, and they're going to be on the move. You figure we've jumped about 1,000 bears a year since the reduction of state lands, no hunting on state lands, mm-hmm. and now with the closure completely. Also, there's no way of tracking the population using the Lincoln-Peterson model that we've used for all these years. Because that requires the harvest and recovery of tagged bears that have been tagged throughout the past year. Mm-hmm. So with no season this year, we've got no way of actually tracking the increases or decreases in the bear population in New Jersey. We'd have to go to a whole entirely different method, which we haven't used before. 
Well, this is we shall see uh, what happens. But hey, let's get to a lighter subject now. Coming up Saturday, October 9th, this is a couple of weeks, is the annual Sporting Clays fundraiser for the New Jersey Outdoor Alliance at the great Red Wing Sporting Clays. They're at 317 Suey's Landing Road in Port Republic. Shout out to Roger Garberson, Danny Garberson, 1 and 2, and the entire crew there. So Ed, tell us about this event. I know it's a lot of fun. I know it's always packed. Go into it, bro. It's a lot of fun. We have a shoot. We have a silent auction. We have uh, a live auction for several bird hunts. I believe we have three again this year, a chucker, a pheasant, and a quail. Uh, we will have uh, a talk from me. You're able to sit down and talk about any issues that you want. I'll be there for the whole time. I'll address the group. As I said, we'll have some silent auction items that you can bid on. Um, it's a good day. We'll provide you with pulled pork sandwiches with Ooh. some of the amenities. Plus, if you don't like pulled pork, there's always a backup of hot dogs. Um, <laughs> I did that right for now, my... <laughs> it's been really uh, good as far as the number of signups. We're ahead of previous years. Uh, our station sponsors and event sponsors are seem to be up, so you know, it looks like a good year. But I encourage anybody who uh, can to make it out there on the 9th. They'll get to see uh, the group, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. There'll be a number of our trustees and, and directors there. Uh, and like I said, we'll be able to answer some of your questions. Um, and like you said, a shout-out to Red Wing and Roger for all of the help that he right. gives us because he's such a magnanimous host that we couldn't put on the events that we do out there without the help of Roger. Hey, listen, a $75 donation per person includes 100 rounds of sporting clay shot over 15 stations. Ed, I love those stations, especially those ones bordering the river with that wind coming up. You don't know which way those birds are going to go after they're launched. <laughs> it, gets, it gets crazy. And uh, you we have lunch. a lot of yeah. uh, both pats on the back and criticisms when the guys <laughs> can't make those shots. Oh, yeah. And it uh, also includes uh, lunch and cold beverages served after the shoot. Must be uh, bring your own shotgun and shells. No single shots, you know, naturally. And it's going to be, again, October 9th. And we're looking at Let's see. You've got a couple of weeks to go. You have a lot of sponsors here. I think it's going to be a super event. Is a chance that it can be sold out? Is there a limit on how many people can sign up? We've never sold out. And Roger says, you sell out, let me worry about it. Okay. <laughs> That'll be it. And for more information on the shoot, and also, listeners, more information about the New Jersey Outdoor Alliance, I give a website or Instagram or Facebook page, please. Yeah, NewJerseyOutdoorAlliance.org. And by the way, we are just undergoing a complete redoing of our website in order to make it 100% more user-friendly. We're about mm -hmm. two-thirds through. We've got about another third to go. And by this fall, we should be up and running with a new website that will give the sportsmen a tremendous amount of information. Well, Ed, in closing, again, the, the, the importance how vital it is to get involved, unfortunately, uh, from when I was a kid coming up, you know, before this whole anti-hunting craze started, anti-trapping craze started, they left the management to the biologists, to the division. Back then it was Division of Fish, Game, and Shell Fisheries. It's important now to contact your legislator, to, you know, put a, put a, an email out there, put a handwritten note out there, make the call because that's the way the situation is now with the power of the antis, correct? Right. It's become very, very important, Tom, for me to be able to reach out and summon the help of the sportsmen when I need them. A good instance was 1365, the wildlife contest that would have completely blown away hunting in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. We were able to mount a response to that that's basically put that bill in, in, in a place where it can't hurt us right now. We have to watch it. But, it, but that was because of the response. 
And that's what happens. I have to be able to send out a message to say, guys, we got to circle the wagons. we got to call the legislators. And the more people we get that we can reach out to, we have email addresses too. And that's a big thing today, an email address that says it's a call to action. Mm-hmm. Here's what we got to do, and here's when we have to do it. That's so important because all the work that we do, and I do, and Tommy Connors does, mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't be any good without the support that we need from the voters that hunt. Exactly. And again, democracy listen, is not a spectator sport. Get involved if you want to save your past on what you hold dear. And Ed, I, I said this earlier in the program, uh, my vote's not going to make a difference. A phone call's not going to make a difference. I don't pay attention anyway. Nothing could be farther from the truth. We have, over the last, from 2007 till now, shown the fact that sportsmen and women can make a difference if we're united. And we've proven that over and over again, not only by the legislation that we've been able to pass, but also by the legislation we've been able to kill. Mm-hmm. And we can't do it without support. And unfortunately, if there's a major issue, we get a lot of help. And sometimes we get a dwindling amount of help as things go along good. Exactly. We need yes. you to be out there and we be, need to be able to reach you when we need you so we can fire up that engine and give them hell. Get it going. Okay, listeners, as Ed Markowski, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance, again, Saturday, October 9th, starting at 9 a.m. at Red Wing Sporting Clays, 317 Suez Landing Road in Port Republic. Again, shout out to Roger and crew there. It's the annual Sporting Clays fundraiser, $75 donation. Get you 100 rounds of Sporting Clays, over 15 stations, uh, lunch and cold beverages after the shoot. You sit down and talk to the people of the NJOA, see what's going on, how to get involved with it. Ed, I look forward to seeing you there, brother. You'd be good. Hey, Tommy, I'll be wearing my rack and fin hat. Thank you. Oh, hey, man, you styling with that Markowski or what? I heard about it. I heard it. This guy's looking so good, Tom P.S. There you go. <laughs> we'll see you October 9th. Then. You take care. Okay, thanks again, Tommy. Long on I say again, long, a little long on I break. Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Fox News, I'm Carmen Roberts. Images of border agents on horseback trying to prevent Haitian migrants from entering the U.S. are creating a firestorm, with critics blasting what they say appears to be agents whipping the migrants. But Art Del Cueto with the National Border Patrol Council tells Fox News. They were not in any way, shape, or form attacking the individuals that they were trying to deter from entering the country. No one was whipped. The Biden administration is investigating. And Texas Governor Abbott signs another abortion law. Texas already has a near total ban on abortions, but new rules that go into effect in December give doctors and clinics less time to offer abortion-inducing medications to their patients. The new rules also state that the pills can't be delivered by mail. Fox's Jill Nato. America's listening to Fox News. Here WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. A clear sky overnight, comfortably cool, low around 50. Saturday, mostly sunny and beautiful, a high of 73. Saturday night, clear to partly cloudy, a low 52. And on Sunday, sunny and nice with a high temperature of 71. Monday will be partly sunny and pleasant as well, high 74. I'm AccuWeather's Dave Bowers on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Okay, back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Week of September 25th and 26th. Okay, let's interview Ed Markowski from the New Jersey Outdoor Lines. Mentioned about in his paper, Legislative Success, getting deer meat donations going. Hey, that organization, which we mentioned as well, Hunters Helping the Hungry. Incredible organization. Been around, I believe, since the mid-90s and donates thousands upon thousands upon thousands, over, I guess, over um, 100,000 servings of venison to the food bank. Just you, you cannot you cannot imagine what this means to people. I spoke to one of the butcher shops involved. Tom P said, "You don't realize that this woman came in the tears in her eyes when they picked up the. You don't know what this meat means to the people who need it. So it's uh, I had to make a phone call. I got to call into Bud Thomas. He's the treasurer of Hunters Helping the Hungry. Fill you in on this incredible organization, always under the radar it seems." And they they just does an incredible job of helping humanity here with our venison resource. Bud Thomas, an honor to have you on Rack and Finn. Long time no talk to. Hey, Ben, buddy. Good, Tom. How about yourself? Uh, I'm locked, cocked, and ready to rock, man. I'm fired up. Election season's coming on. Hunting season's going on. Election season's coming on. <laughs> I get cranked for that, bud. <laughs> Excuse me, but the Hunters Helping the Hungry mentioned uh, in the earlier interview, the organization has been balls to the wall since the mid-'90s in getting venison to where it's needed, getting the hunters involved. I know there were tight times money-wise. Things seem to be rolling along at a pretty good pace now. Go into the organization's progress, please. So back in 1997, it was the first year Hunters Helping Hungry started. I think we got something like maybe 50 deer. Uh, didn't know what we were doing, didn't know how to do it. Uh, we have become a 501c3 corporation over the year. And uh, with the last couple of years, the Department of Ag has given us a grant uh, with the at the urging of the New Jersey Farm Bureau. Mm-hmm. So this grant has allowed us to waive the hunter's uh, portion of the processing fee uh, for deer under they're over fifty pounds. Deer under fifty pounds, the hunter still has to pay the first forty dollars of mm-hmm. the uh, processing fee. The butchers are now getting ninety dollars per deer. And uh, like I said, the, f- the first year we had maybe 50 deer. Uh, this past hunting season, we had 1,058 deer donated to the Whoa! Program. Yeah. That's incredible. So that uh, 1,058 deer yielded 33,574 pounds of venison, which provided one th- uh, 134,296 servings. So I think it was about two seasons ago, we actually hit our 2 million meal mark. That's 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 but that's just fantastic. We're speaking with Bud Thomas. He's the treasurer. Hunters helping the hungry. Listen, there's information that's go to the digest. Uh, the current digest is yes, finally out on page thirty-five as a whole. I guess two-thirds of a page about this. And you know what still gets me, and I understand the reasons why. But there's in South Jersey, in the Rackman Radio listening area, actually if, um, three if you count Mercer County, you have the Farmers Butcher Shop up there in Pennington, uh, the Buck Stop there in Pittsgrove. Shout out to Jack. And and his crew there, his sons are there, and and Pittsgrove, and also Bringhurst Fine Meats Catering in Berlin and down in Camden County. Why there aren't more South Jersey butchers involved? We have great deer hunting down here in South Jersey, but and I, again, I understand the reasons we discuss this off the air, but that's that's just that's just tough to swallow. Yeah, it's uh, that's the uh, the biggest hurdle we face with running this program is getting butchers to participate. 
all of our butchers have to pass an inspection by the state health department. Now, mm. anyone who knows how to butcher a deer can put up a sign in a sporting goods store, a local grocery store, and, and a hunter can take their deer to him to butcher, and he can butcher it in his garage right next to the gas cans and grease guns and oil rags, and that's, that's oh, fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's but, what we discussed, uh, right? Yeah. But for the program, the, see, the uh, food bank, who ultimately distributes the meat, is not allowed to distribute the meat unless the deer's been processed at a state health inspector facility. Now, a lot of butchers I've contacted didn't seem to want to participate for one reason or another, but I mm-hmm. think at the end of the day, read between the lines, they don't want the state health department in their shop. Uh, the thing is, we do have a butcher who's been with our program since the beginning time, and he is more than willing to help any butcher who wants to come on with the program, let them know what they have to do to pass the state health inspection. We don't want the inspectors to come out to your shop and fail you. We want you to pass so you can be part of the program mm-hmm. and help out. So if there's anyone who's interested, if anybody knows a butcher who processes deer, they can be part of the program or is interested to be part of the program, you can contact me through our website, huntershelpingthehungry.org. And um, we'll we'll get you going, but that's that's really what we what we need to to broaden this program and make it even more successful. Without butchers, right. we can't have it. I had one butcher on all of Monmouth and Ocean counties, and he doesn't process deer anymore, so I got nobody. And you're talking again. You're talking another great deer hunting area is is yeah. Monmouth County, where yeah. it's overrun. Here we're speaking with Bud Thomas, hunters helping the hungry again, Bud. So. Because of this grant, if the deer is over 50 pounds, there is the, the fee for the hunter is waived for donating the deer to, to chip in for the processing, correct? That is correct. The, the fee is waived for deer 50 pounds or over. Okay, so 50 pounds and under, it's, it's $40. Yes. And that, that's still reasonable. Jack, or Bud, rather, getting... Getting this program going was, I, I remember again, the growing pains that it, you're, you're firing on all cylinders now, except for missing a cylinder or two, rather, you know, with, without more butchers. But the future of the program seems solvent. Does it look like you're going to be around for a while? It's going to be around for a long time. Uh, there's about half a dozen of us that run this program, and, and we're, all, we're all really committed to it. Uh, it, it. It's a very unique charity organization whatever you want to call it and that none of us take one penny out of it all the uh all the money that has been uh, donated to the program goes towards the processing fees and uh there's you know a, a few things that you know, mailings we send out and right. stuff like that but but none of us take any money out of this program we just we just do it because we believe in it well, but a, a guy, a gal brings in a deer uh, for butchering to donate to the program. It gets to the butcher, you know, one of the butchers, the buck stop, uh, Bringhurst, whatever, uh, farmer's butcher shop up there in Huntington County, Bishop's Market, uh, the person family, game butchers on 31. Boy, I know that. <laughs> I've been there a long time. What actually happens? He brings the deer in. Is there paperwork to sign? And it goes to the food bank or food banks. What happens? Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a form that the hunter fills out just name, address, the transportation tag number. If a hunter wishes to donate some of the processing fees, some or all, they're welcome to do that. So they put down how much they donated, and um, they get a copy of that. A copy stays with the butcher, and another copy goes with the meat to the food bank. And uh, it, it's so since we are a 501c3, any donations received receive are tax-deductible. So the food bank, now when people think, hear the word food bank, they're thinking of the smaller food pantries, but the food bank is the big distribution center that distributes 
products to the smaller emergency shelters and, and food mm-hmm. pantries. So there are five food banks in uh, in New Jersey, and we are currently uh, working with three of them. We were working with four of them, but now that I have no uh, no butchers in Monmouth or Ocean Counties, the uh, oh. used to be called the Food Bank of Monmouth Ocean County, now it's called Fulfill. They don't get any deer mm-hmm. because we don't have any butchers in that area. So that, that's kind of how that works. So the, the hunter just has to drop their, their deer off, fill its paperwork, and he's done. The butcher processes it there. The food bank picks it up at the, at the butcher, and they distribute it. Well, there's hunters helping the hungry. Think about it. Especially you guys have the extra permits. You're in zones that have unlimited does or, or whatever. Or you just, just, I have enough deer. I still want to hunt. And it's going to a good cause. As as Bud said, what, what, about 133,000, 134,000-something servings from 1,500 provided deer this past year alone. That is amazing. As for a good cause. Again, huntershelpingthehungry.org. But, Thomas, thanks for joining us on Rack Event. Am, am I going to see you at, at one of these shows or maybe out in the field or something? We go fishing or whatever. So let's, let's wrap on this some more, bud. Yeah, that would be great. I used to go to the uh, Wild Outdoor Expo every year when they had that, but I'm not sure what's going on with that. Uh, sure I think I think that may, that may be coming up uh, maybe next September. We shall see. Although they, no, they stopped it for a couple of years. They're just revamping the whole thing. But we shall see. But I'll see you one of these days. You take care, man. All right. You too, Tom. Thanks again. See you, bud. Bud Thomas, Hunters Helping the Hungry. Yeah, and, and cut him a check. Send it, um, send a check in. You can donate as well. Okay, people, grab that cup. <clears throat> grab that Red Bull. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This station. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Get back for our final segment, Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Let's get to a couple of fish reports out of the show. This show was all about hunting and the election and all that stuff. Let's go to Mike Cunningham. See how bait and tackle that here on Fish Alley in Seattle. Mikey, what's going on, brother? Good morning, Tom. How is everything? Uh, well, had some rain there uh, yesterday, Friday morning, but now hopefully this weekend's going to clear out. What's the fishing been? Let's talk stripers first, Mike. Let's talk stripers first. What do you got? Obviously, the conditions were a little tough this week, but day in and day out, we're seeing stripers. Again, <laughs> most of them are the schooly residents. Most of them are feeding at dawn, dusk, and overnight, and most of them are feeding on lures. But we are seeing some on um, live eels, guys drifting, especially top of the tide, beginning of the outgoing. There you go. Uh, live eels, live spot. But if you really want to go out and have fun, you know, dawn and dusk, throw in your top water, walk the dog lures, poppers, things like that, work on your side banks. Or overnight, fly fishing in the lights, throwing small, soft plastics into your standards, your Z-Men, your bass right. assassins, things like that. Um, the new thing this week is we're seeing a, a decent increase in bluefish. Blues, um, go, go, go. Day. Down at the inlet, they're kind of small. There's not a lot to them, but we're seeing the mullet start to run. There's a ton of peanut bug around, and there's been some blues with the occasional weak fish feeding on them. So uh, that's been the new thing this week. Mike, what about on the beach? Any uh, any kingfish, any big spot? What's the dealio? 
Seeing Kingfish, um, you know, nothing super exciting, but seeing Kingfish spot croakers, saw Pompano this Cro- week. Pompano, um, whoa! Oh. Little little weekies. All if you want to go out there with some bloodworms or uh, you know or fish bites, there are generally tons of little stuff to catch. All kinds of couple exotics, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. Mike, and before I let you go, what was your take on the overall the summer flounder season? I think it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that the guys who were able to fish structure effectively, especially those guys with the trolling motors. Gosh darn, they put up a fish day in and day out. Mm-hmm. I think the the bay flounder fish, I think we got started late. That stupid late opening kills us. But I'd say the overall summer ocean flounder fishing, from where I'm standing, it was pretty good. It needed to be about a month longer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what they're thinking, but, uh, but I'd say it was good. Okay, Mike, you take care, man. Best of the family. See you soon. Have a nice day. Let's close it out with a report from the one, the only, the famous and infamous... Noel Feliciano, one-stop bait and tackle in Atlantic City, where it's always triple banging. Noel, what's going on, brother? What is not going on? I always start my line up with that because it's so banging down here, man. The fish are almost literally jumping out the water. I'm going to tell you. Go, bro. The bait situation here in Atlantic City, New Jersey, is keeping the whole fishery alive on these rock piles. AC is a fish trap. And the fish trap is because the crustaceans are here and every possible bait fish and that you know about. There's spearing, there's rainfish, there's mullet, there's uh, peanut bunker, there's adult bunker, there's spots, there's kingfish, uh, weak fish at night, striped bass at, at, at night and early in the morning. Everything is in. Everybody's programmed themselves with fluke. That's past tense. Past tense. And they're still here, too, by the way. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. The biggest ones you're going to possibly see is going to be now. Now. And everybody knows that. But you can catch and release them. So uh, you don't hey, have to stop fishing because hey. the fishing has been great. No, well, no, I'll stop right there. Stop right there. You didn't mention triggers or sheeps. Did they leave? No, they didn't leave. They didn't leave. You know, the, the <laughs> tog situation, the trigger fish situation, they're always here. I put one up uh, two days ago up on, on Facebook. That thing was humongous. Uh, and, 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 and the sheep said the water temp is still fine. So yep. uh, it, it's still warm. I honestly think... I'm, I'm going on a limb on this one. I honestly think if it don't snow this year again, <laughs> if it don't snow this year again, right. we're going to have more southern fish in New Jersey. I, I, I put you. I, I put some money, and I'm going to call my buddy Louis Two Fingers out there in Reno. He's my connection. <laughs> we have the bet go with Noel. But Noel, one thing now: the bass at night. Are you seeing? I know there's a there's a hot fishery there. Are you seeing any keeper size? Or are they mostly schoolies? Yes, sir. Oh, you got so keep, okay. The, the guys that are actually going out. They're catching five or six fish to one keeper. But the action's here, and it's been here for the past three weeks. And, and the mullet situation, the mullet are not finger mullets. These are the corn, corn, cob. cobs. corn cobs now, yep. Corn cob mullets. And you know what's actually here, too? I forgot to tell you about that bait. There's big, giant shrimps bigger than your fingers. The spearing situation, it, it's, it's, it's your pointing figure all the way up to, to, to your... To your uh, to your thumb, that's how big these sparing are. There you Everything go. is humongous. I've never seen so much bait since Sandy. Uh, you know, I don't want to yeah. taboo anything. You know what I'm saying to you? But uh-huh. I, the fishery is awesome. Noel, do, because do, I'm here. Do you have the fish are here? Do you have that primo primo tog trigger fish sheep's head bait sand fleas, aka mole crabs? Do you still have them? Let me tell you something. I'm I'm the the first and foremost, the first shop that actually brung them in through the wholesaler, to actually sell them, mm-hmm. okay? Because 
sand fleas has been the ticket for a lot of years. These fish come in close. Every fish comes in close. Guess what they're looking for? Right. Little crustaceans, and that's the number one. Everything but a blue hits a sand flea. Right. No, one of the, one of the keepers we had uh, last year that we kept. Look, it looked like it's. It looked like I got a golf ball in its stomach, and it was like half a dozen sand fleas. Yep, the sand fleas is the number one bait there possibly can be, and that's that's the match the hatch they say, right? right. Now, well, that's now, uh, what are the hot jetties, and what about the seawall? The seawall has been producing some really nice tog this past week. Woo! The hair on there. And, 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 and if the weather's nasty, you can fish out your car. But, <laughs> that's you know, right. He's right, people. He's right. He's seen we'll me down here. That's that's why he said that for my benefit. Thank you, bud. <laughs> and if you're one of these gurus that want to go catch some straight bass and some weak fish, I got a nice weak fish hole over here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm going to say where it is. You go to Caspian Avenue Jetty. That's the deepest spot here in Lang City. It's 71 feet deep. Wow. And it holds some big, nice size weak fish and striped bass. Plug in material, and unless you want to, you know, like back in the day, a little float, 36 inch liter with a big, giant, fat, one stop bloodworm on there, you know, uh-huh. you'll catch these big tide runner weak fish. Noel, what's with your bloodworms? They're almost like anaconda size, bro. The most important thing is when you treat people the way you want to get treated yourself. You get the best of the best, baby. <laughs> okay, Noel, give that phone number, please, and that Facebook page. Go. This is One Stop Bait and Tackle, and I'm at 416 Atlantic Avenue. The Facebook page is One Stop Bait AC all together. If you want to see the truth and a video fishing report every day, come on and see me there. And just come on in. We'll shoot the breeze and put you in a hot spot, baby. You know, but before I let you go, those beautiful grandchildren, how are they? Oh, man, I can't get enough of him. Look at him, look at him, look at him. He is a one, he is one. kid comes out of me again, you know He's one big mush. Yep, I'm a big, giant teddy bear. Okay, (laughs) Noel, we'll see you soon, brother. Have a good weekend. Good luck. See you. That'll do it for this weekend, Rack and Fin Radio. Good good fishing up and down the coast, but again, last week's interview with Lane Elf for the Kayak Bass Fishing Association of South Jersey. Freshwater bass, it is hot. We have this front coming in now. The turnover is going to be coming pretty soon. It's still the transition period. Some great bass fishing and pickerel fishing out there. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders and law enforcement. Jack for New Jersey. See you next week. Rack and Fin Radio. 95.5.